0: Hello and welcome to the Times Online Pittsburgh Penguins podcast. Brian Metzer here and it is great to be back with you as it is each and every week here at timesonline.com. Lots of fun talking hockey with you throughout the season. Hope you guys enjoy it as much as I do putting the show together for you. But we have a ton to get through today on the program. The Penguins still rolling along with just playing some of their finest hockey of the season and that's working very, very well in their favor in terms of them securing a playoff spot. Uh, it seems like each and every week here on the show, we're not, you know, we were getting better and better and better in terms of their playoff positioning, because we saw them not so long ago, really not even be in the conversation. And before our very eyes, they have jumped up and are jockeying with the New York Rangers for second place in the Metropolitan Division. They had taken over that spot just a couple of days back, and now the Rangers have reclaimed it with a with a victory on Monday night. So uh, the Penguins will have to put some wins together when they finally get back on ice starting on Thursday against the uh, New Jersey Devils. But before we jump into anything, let me tell you where you can find uh, the show itself, me on social media and a couple other notes. First, the show, it's available to you at timesonline.com, as I just mentioned, also available on iTunes, Stitcher radio and SoundCloud. I should mention just for anybody out there, had a couple people on Twitter asking um, th- that they weren't able to find the show uh, a couple of times over the recent weeks, and uh, apparently there was a new channel started or something, somebody told me. Uh, just a- And if you were subscribed to an old feed, maybe it wasn't updating, just do the search for Beaver County Times. Again, you'll find all of our updated current content, and you'll be able to subscribe to it there at all the places I just mentioned and uh, take in all of the action that we have for you, uh, including pittsburgh steelers coverage scholastic coverage uh, a little bit of pop culture stuff and much much more so it's uh, a lot of great content not to mention all the written word available for you over at timesonline.com as well but with that said oh also you can find me on twitter at brian underscore metzer also on facebook if you want to interact there i have a uh, fun instagram account that i use to uh, post a, uh, a number of uh Different kinds of things, some hockey-related, some not, but if you just like a little bit of mishmash, please do follow me on all my social media channels, and I'd love to uh, interact with you there. Now, let's jump into the week that was for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and it started uh, last Thursday with a pretty nice victory over the Carolina Hurricanes, and this one was interesting to me because the Penguins they just uh didn't look like they were ready to play early on and they had matt murray in the net so that was one thing that worked um i thought he played very well don't make you know make no mistake about that about that but he was out there um to situate the goaltending rotation in a way that would allow Marc-Andre Fleury to play both games over the weekend against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers and Washington Capitals because they would have a three-day gap in their schedule between Sunday's game against Washington and their next outing against the New Jersey Devils. Lo and behold, Penguins end up winning that game 4-2 against the Carolina Hurricanes. However, it did require some effort because uh, Matt Murray allowed two goals inside of the opening five minutes last thursday and he, he, you would think he could have panicked in that situation, gotten a little bit worked up. He did not. He settled right in and, and played very well the rest of the night. And uh, Sidney Crosby did a lot of the heavy lifting in this one to get his team back into it, make sure that they didn't lose two valuable points to an Eastern, Con- Eastern Conference foe. Um, as they, This was exactly the same type of situation that we saw a couple weekends ago when they lost 4-2 to to the Calgary Flames. And that one, the Penguins scored right off the hop early in the game. That's exactly what we saw when, uh, Phil DiGiuseppe scored just, um, you know, right off the, almost seemingly as the puck dropped, he's getting a goal because of a bad turnover in the Penguins defensive zone. There was bad puck management, Mark Andre, uh, or not Mark Andre Flurry, but, uh, Matt Murray was just left out to dry because he Matta was bumped off a puck in the corner. Next thing you know, it comes up the wall. Chris Kunitz makes a blind pass into the slot and that's where D. Di- Giuseppe picked it up and just threw a shot on goal, scoring on the game's first shot of the night. And uh, very dubious start for a young man uh, in Matt Murray. But as I said, he settled in very well. And it helps when you have Sidney Crosby, who went out and scored a couple in this game. One was a, a nifty little backhand. The second... Uh, saw Sidney Crosby drop to a knee to redirect an Ian Cole slap pass. That was a very, very, very pretty goal. Um, It's just you can tell when Sid's playing at a different level as he is right now, he does that kind of stuff all the time. Now, uh, Mike Sullivan, he uh, liked what he saw. From his young goaltender, he said when you give up two, go- two goals early in a game like that, a lot of time with young goalies, that can rattle him, and he has a maturity about him beyond his ears, he has a calm demeanor, and he doesn't get rattled. Murray ended up making 31 saves in the game, including a sparkling stop on a two-on-none midway through the first period, uh, which they still ended up scoring shortly thereafter, but... That would have really damaged, I think, the Penguins' chances had he given up that first goal. That save seemed to revitalize them or to invigorate them a little bit, and they were rolling from there. Uh, As we said, Crosby, two goals. Benino one. Kessel, one. And that's... um it was uh, nice to see Nick Bonino get one. That was only his second goal in 30-plus games, and he, he seemed to have very good chemistry again with Phil Kessel. We talked about this earlier in the season. They played very well together. Add Carl Hagelin to the mix, and uh, it was a pretty formidable second line for the team, and they've played well over the past week, so we'll, we'll see if that can't keep going in the right direction for the Penguins. It's a nice yin to the Sidney Crosby line's yang. That's worked very well. Now, uh, just should... Mentioned in this game, Penguins wore their third jerseys to have the Pittsburgh gold featured because that day was the bicentennial celebration for the city of Pittsburgh. It turned 200 years old last Thursday. Pittsburgh was officially incorporated on March 18, 1816. Uh, Former Penguins Ken Schinkel and Dwayne Rupp were on hand alongside Mayor Pittsburgh Mayor Bill Peduto for a ceremonial puck drop. Neat moment post game. Sidney Crosby interacting with those classic Penguins, Ken Shinkle and Dwayne Rupp. They were there uh, talking to the captain. He was shaking hands and uh, posing for photos and, and kicking around war stories from their heyday and his heyday. So it was kind of a neat thing to see Sid interacting with the old-timers. He, he always has tons of time for guys like that. And they don't have to be former Penguins, too. Just about anybody that's there post game, he will give them uh, a really nice visit, give them some, some of his time, even though, you know, he's just come off the ice and he's left a lot of his energy out there, uh, not too much left in the tank. But he's always got time for fans, uh, former players, management members, anybody. And, of, coor- of course, us, too. Uh, us media, media schmoes get to interact with Sidney Crosby after that as well. But it was a neat little thing I wanted to share with you. That brings us to the weekend. Too humongous, or we should uh, quote Ilya Brizgalov: humongous victories for the Penguins uh, going in to Philadelphia. You never know what you're going to expect when you play up there. That quote-unquote orange crush. The fans are harsh. They're booing. They're they're calling Sidney Crosby names. They're just raining down their hate in the quality cross-state hate rivalry between these two teams. Well. Penguins, you know they win a lot of games offensively. This one was really a demonstration of them just shutting it down defensively. They, they were outstanding in this one. They held the Flyers at just 17 shots on goal, and... Uh just stifled them, stifled everything about their approach to the game. Flyers weren't pleased. Their building cleared out in a in a jiffy in this one too, because the Penguins ended up winning it four to one. And uh the teams will have to play twice more before the season's out, including a huge game on the final day of the regular season on April 9th. Hopefully things are sort of locked in for the Penguins so that you don't have to have too much on the line for the game. But if they play the way they did in this one, it's gonna be fine with anybody that's involved because they – well, let's put it in the words of their coach. Mike Sullivan said – I thought it was the most complete game that we've played to this point at both ends of the rink. When it came time to play defense, we defended hard. Our attention to detail was really good and everyone trusted each other out there. When we play that way, we're very hard to play against. And that was the case. I mean, the Penguins surrendered the first goal. It was a little bit of a fluky one to big defenseman Radko Gudis. But the, uh, they, they hung in there. They got their opportunities. They were swarming the Flyers' net and goaltender Steve Mason and eventually, Trevor Daly would end up cashing in, as would Carl Hagelin, Chris Kunitz, and Chris Letang would pop in an empty net goal in the game, which was really a weird situation. I don't know what happened on this one per se, because different different views you saw had uh, Kunitz hit him with a pass in front of the empty net, and it looks like he hits off the, the shaft of his stick and goes in. But at the same time, he opened his skate and opened his leg a little bit. So, yes, he might have... It looked like he made a kicking motion, but I don't think it even hit his leg. I think it went off his stick and in, but there was a prolonged uh, review process. The uh, referees didn't have much of an explanation here. They called it no goal on two or three occasions before eventually saying it was a goal. And it was funny to watch the Penguins on the on the bench then because they were celebrating like it was 1999. Just... Uh, just for the heck of it because it was sort of a long delay and then they finally get rewarded and that put the final nail in the coffin of the Philadelphia Flyers. But Mike Sullivan even said it was a very confusing situation, which it was. That game made the Penguins, uh, push the Penguins record without Evgeny Malkin now, who's been out for uh, with his upper body injury. He's going to be out six to eight weeks, obviously. Well, they're 4-0 without their assistant captain now. So I don't know that anybody would have anticipated that kind of Solid contribution from everybody with Geno out, but right now four and zero through that game on Sunday, it would soon be or on Saturday it would soon become five and zero. We should also mention that game pushed their record when leading after two periods to thirty-two zero and zero. They would improve upon that on Sunday as well. But uh, Crosby's assist on Kunitz's goal in that game. Extended his point streak to, at that point, 11 consecutive games. And it was also nine consecutive against the Metropolitan Division. Just playing at another level right now. And we're going to talk a lot more about Sidney Crosby in a few moments here on the program. But uh, it was the first win by the Penguins in Philadelphia since, get this, October 2013. So a very prolonged period of futility. But the Penguins found a way and did so in dominant fashion. That dominance would spill over to home ice Sunday night against the uh, Washington Capitals. What a game this was. Had a little bit of everything. There was, uh, you know, fighting. There were lots of goals. There was, you know, heated tempers. Hitting. Just a couple weird situations as well. We had a soccer-style goal. It was a lot of fun. But the uh, Metropolitan Division race, everyone thinks this one was just going to be sewed up, and the, the you know the Capitals are, have run away with this situation. They they pretty much secured a playoff spot weeks ago. This one could have seen them clinch the Metropolitan Division title. Penguins had other ideas though. They said no no no, you won't be doing that here on our home ice, and they went out and uh, really again played. Another very impressive hockey game and found a way to uh, first weather a little bit of an early storm because for whatever reason, I think the Penguins looked a little bit skittish through the first period. They were um, just running around in their own zone. The Caps had some really good opportunities through that. Puck management almost reared its head again. Marc-Andre Fleury lost a puck behind his own net once. Caps couldn't tuck it in. Uh, A couple other players had some bad breakouts, but then uh, the Penguins just... Looked like a different team. Somehow a switch was flipped and they were off and running. And and uh, as I said a moment ago, it was just really, you know, the game the, the, the game the day before aside, this Washington one, in my mind, goes down as pretty much the most impressive victory of the season just based on the fact that it came against the Washington Capitals. I mean, they are the best team in hockey this year. They have played pretty well against the Penguins they yes the penguins beat them earlier in the season but they were able to roll up a, a season high in goals on them meaning uh goals allowed by the caps they scored 6 and uh the young guys helped really key this one. Tom Kunacle was great in the game, as was Brian Rust. Matt Cullen, the gray beard, he stepped up. You saw a big time contribution in, a, in, in the form of a power play goal from Justin Schultz. Chris Kunitz on the board. It was just a, a lot of fun to watch the way the Penguins won this kind of game. This is not um, a team that you you would take lightly by any means you would think that the capitals were going to come in and and have their way with the penguins in you know in some people's minds and i think that's the way the news reporting went about talking about it ahead of time well the penguins absolutely dominated after they weathered that earlier storm i talked about they used their speed to drive the capitals crazy they where they were so physically dominant against the penguins earlier in the month they couldn't do it in this one they just couldn't catch up to the penguins the speed you know, speed really killed the Caps. So uh, that's that's nice to see that the Penguins have become one of the fastest teams in the league, and they were running circles around most of the Capitals throughout this game. And uh, their fans were talking about it on message boards. They saw it on Twitter. They were melting down a little bit. They were ripping on people like Mike Weber, who gooned it up in this one. They were ripping on guys like Brooks Orpic, who we all know had lost a step. And uh, it was Brian Russ, though, who got the Penguins going with a an early individual effort, got a pass behind the defense from Tom Kunackle, made a pretty little move, beat Braden Holtby. Trevor Daly took a pass from Sidney Crosby. It was one of those no-look, just flick of the wrists. Uh, and there was a lot of misdirection. And I'm curious if you guys saw this, too. If you did, do tweet me about it, at Brian underscore Metzer. But the Penguins were almost running They were in the zone, and they were running crisscross patterns all the time. And it wasn't misdirection so much, even though Daly told me post-game, it was to get Holpe moving side to side. But it wasn't even that. It was guys just moving in different directions and then sending the puck back the other way. That's how they got Rustin behind the defense. That's how they got Kunakle in for his goal a little bit later, and that's how Sid got Trevor Daly in alone. He was cutting up towards the left point when he just snapped a pass to a breaking Daly. You'll see him if you watch the replay as he uh, streaked down the right wing from the point. He just saw Sid cutting to that point, went the opposite direction. Sid threw a pass back behind himself right on the stick of uh, Daly, and he scored a pretty goal. So you really loved seeing that. Uh, just the way they did that to a, a good defensive team and a good goaltender. Now, the weird thing in this game, Jason Chimera, after the Penguins were up two to nothing, he comes out early in the first or in the second period and scores just one eighteen in knocking a puck in with his head. And it was because Mark Andre Fleury tried to poke, check it. It popped up and just deflected off of his helmet and right back in behind Mark. It was very reminiscent of the 2004 world junior championships where Mark Andre Fleury uh, had that happen. And um a bit of bad history, and and it cost Canada a gold medal in the, in that tournament. And you hoped that this wasn't going to be similar. Andre Burakovsky scored shortly thereafter in the second to tie the game, but then Kunakl scored just what seemed to be seconds later to put the Penguins back on top, and they never looked back again. Should mention, though, Weber attacked Brian Rust in the net. Ended up hitting him a little bit later on. Ended up getting five-minute uh, major for boarding for hitting Brian Rust. Luckily, he was okay. The um, He also got a 10-minute misconduct. The bad thing, though, in this game, Alex Ovechkin hit Brian Dumoulin along the boards. Injured the young defenseman, who's been great for the team. Uh, it looks like a lower body injury, but there was some good news that came out of it, which we'll talk about here in a second. So it looks like he's hopefully going to be okay, but it was a very scary spot for them to be in. Now, um... One other thing I wanted to mention in this one, TJ Oshi, very dirty plays in this game. First, slew foots Chris Kunitz, kicks his feet out from under him, ended up getting a penalty for tripping, but it was a, a straight slew foot. I mean, I would have probably looked at a little bit more discipline than a straight two-minute for tripping penalty. And then a little bit later on, there was a big-time scrum, everybody fighting, drop in the mitts. Well, Sidney Crosby was involved. He fell, and the linesman uh fell on Sid and he was down and Oshi bare fists right into the face of Crosby again and again and again after the game Sidney Crosby had a gash like not a gash but had a big mark on his face that just did not look good it was screaming a little bit looked painful no calls uh really in terms of anything more than just straight penalties on the ice uh I thought Oshi could have been tossed from the game there For being a guy who was looked at as one of these America's sweethearts after the Olympics because of his penalty shots and all of that kind of thing against the Russians, that was such crap. Uh, He does this all the time. He hurt Bo Bennett with a late hit earlier in the season by shoving him into the boards. This is a guy that is probably very underrated in terms of how dirty he is as a player. Don't like it at all. League's got to keep an eye on TJ Oshie moving forward. Now, um... Penguins just one for seven on the power play in that game. They've got to get their power play working. It struggled mightily. That's the one area where they have still be uh, have been struggling without Evgeny Malkin. He really drives that. And part of it is they have Sid not playing down low. They have him riding up high and getting up in the zone. Sid's got to play beno- below the goal line on the power play. He's most effective there. Their power play has got to get it together. They're going to need it if they do get in the playoffs and if they want to make a sustained run. Good news. If Doomlin's not able to go, Ben Lovejoy was in the pregame skate. Looks like he's very close to jumping back in the lineup. So we'll see what happens there. We'll talk about a quote from Ben here in a moment as well. Talking about his uh, preparedness to getting back in the lineup. And uh, the game did push the Penguins into second. As I mentioned a little bit ago in the metropolitan division, they've got some work to do though, because the Rangers took that right back from them. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about Sidney Crosby's play as of late. He is uh, up to third in the league in scoring, 12-game scoring streak going on right now, 10 games against the Metropolitan Division, and uh, what do you think about Sidney Crosby for the Hart Trophy? I wrote about it in timesonline.com today, Oh, uh, no, Tuesday, it was out there. You can still read it over there at timesonline.com, and um, he, to, in my mind, looks like a guy that is the penguins most valuable player at this point some people don't agree for a number of reasons and here we go it's it's we'll we'll look at some of the pros and cons of this first this scoring streak aside yes he's doing it he's scoring a ton of points he has 20 points in the 12 games he has um 15 points in the 10 game scoring streak against the metropolitan division that has him in third place in the league in scoring with 76 points he's just uh he was just four points behind Jamie Benn of the Dallas Stars. And he trails Patrick Kane of the Chicago Blackhawks for the top spot by just 16 now. Naysayers are going to point to uh, Crosby's October. They're going to say, we all know it was a bad October. He did not have a good month. He had just five points in 11 games that month. All of those points coming in just two games. Penguins weathered that though. They went 7-4 and four over that span. Now, national media always wants to point to the arrival of Mike Sullivan as the jumping-off point for Sid's resurgence. Yes, he's been great playing under Sullivan. I agree with that. However, I go back and just come right out of those September or yeah, those October games and I look to the beginning of November. Penguins played their first game of November on the 4th of the month. Take a guess. Now, you probably already know the answer to this if you read my article, but take a guess. Who is the leading scorer in the league between November 4th or the second leading scorer in the league? Sorry, because the leading scorer is Patrick Kane. But who do you think ranks second in the league from November 4th through the games of this Sunday night where Sid uh, picked up a few more uh, points against the Washington Capitals. If you said Sidney Crosby, you'd be the big winner because Sid's played 60 games between November 4th and Sunday, this past Sunday, 71 points in those 60 games. He trails just Kane who has 76 and 61 games over that point in, or over that span of time. San Jose's Joe Thornton ranks third over that span, but Sid is eight points ahead of him. So he's blown away the pack minus Patrick Kane. Now, Just under the 43 games that he's played for Mike Sullivan, Sid's actually leading the league over that span, scoring 53 points in the 43 games under Mike Sullivan, ranks second to just Ovechkin in goals over that that span, scoring 25. He's tied for fourth in the league in assists with 32 over that span, and he's tied for fourth with a plus-21 rating. Tied for the best mark in the league with six game winning goals over that span as well. Now, the Penguins, they were in second place as of Sunday. They've now fallen to third, but that effort has been boosted by the play of Sidney Crosby. They have a 15 7 2 record against the Metropolitan Division. Over their last 18, they've gone 14 3 1 over that span. That's, in, that's due in large part to the play of Sidney Crosby. He's played 23 games against the Metropolitan Division. He's averaged 1.13 points per night in those contests, scoring 10 goals, 26 points. Three of his game winners have come against the Metro. He's also helped them against the Atlantic Division, uh, and that has helped them climb up the Eastern Conference standings because Sidney Crosby, over that span, uh, or over um, against the Atlantic Division, sorry, he's picked up nine goals and 24 points in 21 games against the Atlantic Division. So that's been uh, a big boost to their their uh, climbing up into a playoff position. And he's also been very good in non-conference games. He ranks fourth among all Eastern Conference scorers in games against the West. He's picked up 12 goals and 26 points in 27 games against the Western Conference. So when you put all that together, you also put together the fact that Sid has been such a great leader on and off the ice. He's worked very well with all the young players. He's going out, he's scoring. He's very vocal on uh, on and off the ice now. You see him taking guys by the by the scruff of the neck when they need it, putting his arm around guys in the locker room, working with youngsters to acclimate them. To me... That's a Hart Trophy candidate. I, uh, in the past, over the past two years, I've been lucky enough to vote for the league's, league's awards, and um, I have not yet heard this season. I assume that I will once again be included in that process uh, through the PHWA. If I am, Sidney Crosby will be one of my finalists for the Hart Trophy based on the numbers that I just shared with you. So we'll see how uh, the rest of the voters in the league feel. Based on some of the people's accolades being showered upon Sid, I think that they will concur and also give Sid that vote of confidence. Now, we talked about the Dumoulin injury after he was hit by Alex Ovechkin. He skated before practice on Tuesday. He's going to be monitored moving forward. He's listed as day-to-day. Sullivan said we'll see how he responds to that, talking about the skate. He's an important part of our team. He's played really solid hockey for us. He helps us at both ends of the rink. He's an important player for us. Certainly, we're a better team when he's in the lineup, so hopefully he does not have to miss any time. The three days off really helps. Ben Lovejoy, though, who I did mention uh, just a second ago as well, he's missed 15 games with an upper body injury. He has been back and practicing with the team since March 10th, he is now available if Doomlin can't go. So you're not going to have a significant drop-off. I think Ben Lovejoy still brings a lot to the table. He will be available to the team if need be. No matter what happens, Lovejoy uh, does understand the situation. He said, I feel like my injury gets better and better every day. I'm at a point where I could play right now. The team is playing so well, it's difficult to get in the lineup. If I were the coach, I would probably make the same decision. You never want to mess with something that's going really well. And this is something we've worked towards all year. I feel and everybody in the room feels we're peaking at the right time and playing some of our best hockey at some and at some point I hope or I will hopefully get back in and hopefully fit in. Penguins look like they will stick with the same lineup moving into Thursday though, in terms of everyone else. Uh, just love Joy Dumlin. is the main the main decision that will have to be made. But Kunitz and Hornquist flanked Crosby at the uh, practice as they got back on ice on Tuesday. Hagelin and Kessel with Nick Bonino, Rust Kunakle with Matt Cullen, Fair and Connor Sheary skating with Oscar Sundquist, and then your D pairs, the same as they've always been for the past couple weeks. Mata, Latang Daly skated with Lovejoy. He will be with Dumlin if he's able to go. And then, of course, uh, Cole, Ian Cole with uh, Justin Schultz. One thing to note, though, with Lovejoy coming in, Trevor Daly is sliding to the left side. He's played so effectively on the right Hopefully, they, they do not upset that apple cart because Daly has been playing very, very well for the team. One other news tidbit before we get on onto news of the weird this week. The Penguins have signed another uh, young player in their organization. They've signed forward Teddy Bluger to a two-year entry-level contract. That was uh, announced on Tuesday. The contract will begin in the 16-17 season and run through the 17-18 campaign, Bluger will join Wilkes-Barre Scranton later, uh, or he joined them on Tuesday to uh, go into an amateur tryout contract through the remainder of the season. He's now 21 years old. He just completed his senior season at Minnesota State Mankato, and um, he's he led the team in points with 35 and assists with 24 while uh, putting up 11 goals in 41 games. He's a player that the Penguins have been fond of for quite some time. We'll see how this young guy does moving forward. He's a good offensive player. And a couple of years ago, I talked to Bo Bennett about him. He loved what he saw from him. He knew him from playing uh, in in the NCAA, even though Bluger was a little younger than him. And he said he had visions of those two playing on the same line together at some point in the National Hockey League. We'll see if that ever does happen. But this is a player that the Penguins have had high hopes for since they selected him in the second round number 52 overall back in the 2012 NHL draft. He was the third pick in that draft following Derek Pouliot and Ali Mata who were selected in the first round. And of course you already know Oscar Sundquist and Matt Murray were selected in the third round of that draft. So, so far so good. That looks like like it was a pretty effective draft for the team uh no twitter questions this week chris needles heel if you're out there if you sent me one i somehow missed it so i apologize for that but no one else got me one hopefully we will ramp up the questions moving forward let's get you your news of the weird and then we'll get you on your way for this edition of the show this one police had to be called when a mall easter bunny and a father scuffled after a child slipped Now this is up in New Jersey. The Associated Press brought us this story and I actually saw news footage of this one. If you haven't seen it, look it up online. There's a guy essentially in an Easter Bunny suit fighting with a couple other people. Insane stuff. And it's not often you see an Easter Bunny fighting somebody. But it was a mall Easter Bunny and a father got into a tussle Sunday after the man's child slipped from a chair while getting her photo taken. That's according to Jersey City Police. Video posted on Twitter on Sunday evening shows a chaotic scene at the Newport Center in Jersey City, New Jersey. They're an area set up to take photos with the Easter Bunny. And uh, it was a Juan Jimenez Guerrero, 44 years old, verbally and physically attacked Kasim Charles, 22, who was playing the role of the Easter Bunny after Jimenez Guerrero's year-old daughter slipped, said a sp- uh, said spokesman Jennifer Murrell. She said both men were taken to the hospital with minor injuries. I don't know. I don't know that it's the Easter Bunny's fault if your kid falls off his lap, but this father had other ideas. The video shows Charles wearing the... Uh, the body portion of the bunny costume fighting and then being separated by by security. Uh, a few seconds later, Charles appears in the frame, throws off his white bunny gloves, and exchanges more punches. So these two just were going at one another. I the video is kind of comical, even though you don't want to see a fight in public. So uh, crazy stuff, but go and check that out. That said, that's the end of our show for today. Hope you enjoyed it. We will see you next Wednesday with another edition of the program. We'll see how the Penguins stand in terms of the Eastern Conference playoff standings. Then they uh, have some big time games upcoming. Devils Thursday night, the weekend, we'll have them playing at Detroit at the Rangers before coming home next Tuesday against the Buffalo Sabres. And of course, we will uh, be recapping those games on the next edition of the show. So be there or be less than circular for the Times Online Pittsburgh Penguins podcast.